but I really like the story of David in 1 Samuel 17, 31. And if you guys can close these doors for me. It was the, it's something about this story that just kind of speaks to me. Because it's a story about a guy who's 17 years old and he's single. David, by the time he's 30, has three wives. So the next 13 years, his life changes. He gets into the love game. And he goes in full force. Some say David might have as many as 18 wives, but David became this love magnet after he has this chapter 17 experience. So chapter 17 is kind of like his, his um, coming out. It's his day. It's, the, it's that moment when David, David's, David's life just changes altogether, and he becomes this incredible guy who, who has this incredible um, reach that just surprised everybody. I mean, I'm, I'm surprised by it. It's, it's, it's shocking as I try to cut this thing off here. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's shocking as when you, when you look at it and you think about it, he walks up on this circumstance, has no idea that he's going to step into his purpose. He's simply delivering food. In chapter 17, his dad says, go down there and take this food to your, to your brothers. They're, they're fighting a battle, and I want you to take this food. And when he says this to them, you know, it was amazing. He goes and he sees this giant guy comes out, and I've been in the spot, which was so amazing when you go to Israel, is you get to stand in the spot, and you go, that's where David was, and that's the field. It was a field. David, when, when he came, he came, it was a field. I never knew that. It was a field. So just imagine like a, a, a flat field. And David and those guys were up on like a hill. And so David slid down the hill, came to the bottom of this hill, and, and he picked up these stones, which I'll talk about in a moment. And I picked up some of those. They still have little stones in this river, so I picked up some of them. I still have some today. And I, <coughs> I thought, boy, it's a great moment. And they had a, when I went to Israel, so friends, they had a slingshot so you can practice. I thought I'd kill everybody, so I better not try it. <laughs> Diane didn't want me to, she was voting against me using the slingshot. But... In this moment, I remember thinking, this is the spot where a guy's life changes. A 17-year-old's life changes. He's going to become famous after this. He's going to slay this giant, and everybody is going to know him. And women are going to come out of the woodwork. They're going to write songs about him. David is slaying his thousand, ten thousand. It's going to be this incredible surge of attention. How does he manage it? Well, by the time he's 30, he's got three wives, so you can kind of guess. And, and if you go for, further than that, when he's 40-ish and into his, close to 50, his kids are a mess. So from 17 forward, he's different. What was your changing season in life? When did your life shift? What is your love story? 
what is it that happened in your life that you would say, Pastor, this is when it changed? Well, well I want to go back to the days that David was comfortable in his skin. That's what I call it. He's comfortable with who he was. And I want you to note a couple of things that I think are profound, if you would, please. Number one, note with me that, first of all, uh, David was outspoken. David comes up to the battle with the food, delivers it like his father told him. And when he comes up, he sees um, this, as I said, this, this giant Goliath uh, who's just a huge guy. You know, he's, he's um, Shaq amplified. I mean, big hands, big body, big shoulders, big muscles. Threatens Israel and says, hey, send me somebody out here to fight me and I'll take them on and then we can put away all these battles, this fighting stuff. And, and so <clears throat> when they saw Goliath, the Bible says all the rest of them were afraid. But David was outspoken. So David spoke up and said this. When the words which David spoke were heard, what words? David said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? He challenges him. And we, he said so much that they went and reported it to Saul. Because David acted like, what in the world are you guys doing running from this, this, this guy? He's, he's insulting Israel. He's, 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 he's taking everybody on. And so when David does this, here's something David says to Saul that's amazing. Let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go. I'll take him on. So David's the only person who says this. So that's what gets Saul's attention. So they go and tell Saul, there's one guy out of all the people who said they'd do it. Not his brothers, who he came to see, to, to help give food to. He was the only one. Nobody else. Now, that's impressive. But what's more impressive is this. Saul said to David, you are not able to go against the Philistine. To fight with him for you are a youth, and he's a man of war from his youth. Now, here's what I want you to notice. Saul looked at his, looked at his outward appearance and made a judgment. People often do that, and I'll talk about that in a minute. But I want you to think about that for a second. He looks at him, and he makes a judgment. It, it, it's so easy for you to think you know people when you see them. If you go back and look at your love story, that's what you may have done wrong. You made a judgment based on what you saw. And it's, it's, it's really important for you to understand, Saul didn't ask any questions. Saul just made an assumption. He didn't um, consider that maybe there was something behind this young 17-year-old kid with red hair. He didn't look like he could fight. He didn't talk like he could fight. He just, you know, he talked loud, you know, I've taken him on, but that's about it. There was nothing that Saul could look at and make a determination. I want to say this to you about making judgments when you see people. You can be wrong. Time teaches you that. Circumstances in life will teach you you can be wrong. Now, if you, if you start with the premise that you are never wrong, and here's what gets Christians in trouble. God told me. I know the voice of God, you know, no. That has nothing to do with it. Guys are more are prone to this like women are. But what's interesting is um, women, when they hear, especially their brother or their, or their father or someone talk about some potential person and you meet the person, 
it's a whole different game. Because you look past the flesh, the skin. Saul looks at his skin, and Saul makes a judgment. Now, what I want you to do is I want you for a minute, step back for a minute and think about this. From David's perspective, he is being misjudged. And that's, that's the whole part of this teaching tonight. I want to teach you how to live in your own skin. The whole goal of it is for you to be comfortable with who you are, no matter what anybody says. I want you to be clear about your purpose. Not somebody else's purpose. Your purpose. Come on, say my purpose. And, 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 you, and you really have to get this because if you think your purpose is to find a date and that's your lifelong mission and that somehow it's going to solve all my problems because there's this fairy tale person out there that's going to drop into my life and I'm going to be happy you're deceiving yourself. If you think your purpose your whole value is tied around a title, then I think you're, you're deceiving yourself. You have to see beyond all of that. And, and I want you to notice how David, in the middle of this incredibly difficult pressure, is calm. I want you to notice how comfortable he is in his skin. I want you to notice for a moment how comfortable he is at this season of his life in his singleness. His mind is not wrapped around Finding somebody, being famous, that's not his motivation. He was not trying to be famous. He was not trying to be a hero. He was just being David. You heard that? He was not trying to be famous. He was not trying to be a hero. He was just being David. What's your name? Everybody. One, two, three. One more time. What's your name? Yeah, that's who you are. And I want you to, for a moment, not try to be a hero, not try to be famous. Just be who? Just be you. If I can just be Ricky. Not Pastor Rick. Not Dr. Rick or whatever else. Just Ricky. And how is Ricky in his skin? Now, I'll tell you, things come up in life that make you uncomfortable in your skin. There, there are circumstances and challenges that come up in your life, and you, you don't want to be you. You want to be somebody else because you have this imagination, you know, this thing going on saying, if I could be so-and-so or if I could be. And, and all these people come up on television, right, and they tell you, you look at them and you go, oh, my God. But when you hear them talk, when you get to know them, you find out you don't want to be them. It's, it's one of the most amazing things is to go down um, to Cannon Drive, Beverly, Beverly, um, Beverly Boulevard and Rodale Drive and Beverly Hills and and watch, you know, in all this, you know, running celebrities and people you see, oh, oh, that's, the, oh, oh that's so-and-so. You start <laughs> playing the little, oh, yeah, that's so-and-so game. And, but here's what you discover when you work around there. They're just people. Every morning I used to get up and I used to see Fred Astaire every morning um, when I worked uh, going through college. I used to go to um, uh, Mailbox and it was... Uh, his, his um, post office box was right above the company I worked for. I worked for a brokerage firm. And every morning I'd go pick up the mail and I would see Fred Astaire every single morning and his, his wife. I, I, and, and I remember one time I went and I told Diane, I said, Diane, I see Fred Astaire. And she's a big Fred Astaire fan, right? So I told her, I said, Diane, I see Fred Astaire every morning. She said, you see, you see Fred Astaire? You know who that is, right? Somebody said, who is Fred Astaire? Help you, God. How many do not know who that is? 
Okay, just, just an amazing dancing machine. Oh, you've seen it before. You've seen the guy dancing in, on dance, singing in the rain, singing around the pole? Dun, 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 dun. That's, that's not Fred Astaire. That's Gene Kelly, that's true. Anyway, Fred Astaire. Um, who cares? He danced like that. Just put it like that, okay? But he's, he's in, you're right, Gene Kelly. He, but I would see him every morning and, sorry, White Christmas. He played in a whole bunch of stuff. Go Google him. You'll find him. Fred Astaire. Night Christmas needed to know. Bill Cosby, Danny Kay. Okay. Let me stay with my sermon. He's a famous dude, okay? All right. Boy, generations have changed. So, Fred Astaire, she, she's really excited that I'm seeing Fred Astaire every morning. So, um, I, 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 I go one morning, I say, hey, Mr. Stair, I said, um, and, he, and this is the truth. He jumps up and he spins around. I'm not kidding. He jumps up in the air and spins around. He says, what do you need, Rick? I said, um, my fiance really is a fan. I said, could you please just sign this autograph for her? And he said, that'd be great. And he signs it and, I, and she still has it. So, so it's this, so, so, okay, so that's Fred Astaire, a person. And I can go and name a whole bunch of other people, but at the end of the day, what you what you come to see over time is their people. You see beyond the skin. You get to know the person. David's story, when he stands in front of Saul, is this man cannot see me. And, and that's often true when you deal with people. And this is why hopefully at the end of this, if you ever date again, and whenever you date or whoever you're dating, I hope you, your goal is to help them see beyond the skin. I hope they get to see you because that's who they're going to deal with in the end anyway. And it's unfair to deceive people. You want people to see the truth. You want people to know the truth. You want to be the kind of person who, can, who transparently communicates. If somebody wants to be your friend... You want them to really understand what that means and what that doesn't mean. I see guys that come up to me and they say, I want you to mentor me. And I say, yeah, I don't mean that. You don't know me yet. Not really. You might not want me to mentor you if you really knew me. Get, let's give it some time. Let's let it naturally develop. Just kind of hang around. Let's just see how it goes and see how the river flows. That's why I think it's really important not to rush. It's really important to let people see the truth. Let people know the truth, how you feel. You don't have to be rude about it, but they need to understand your, your life. I don't think it's fair if you have kids to hide your kids from them. I think they should know. You have a house full of crazy people running around, and they loud, and they make noise, and they, 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 you know, they need to understand this is my world because they're going to learn anyway. They're going to get to know you anyway. And so I'm not, I just think it's really important for you, and I'm not saying run people off with the bad part of you. I'm simply saying be honest. David stands before Saul. Saul tells him that you can't do this. You're just a youth, and I want you to watch the respectful way he responds. He looks at him, and he says, and let me paraphrase it. He says, this is Saul, let me tell you something. He said, I, I was out there once, and there was a lion that came and a bear, and they took one of my dad's sheep. Now, I want you to notice what he does. He's a shepherd, but don't let his job description fool you. 
Courage can be seen in any job. You don't have to have a fancy job and a fancy career or a fancy education to be amazing. You can be amazing without a fancy job, without a fancy career. You can have an amazing strength. So the lion comes, steals one of the sheep, runs off with it. And, the, and he said, David said, I chased the lion and the bear and delivered the sheep out of the lion's mouth, out of the bear's mouth. Now, I've often said this. I would have just told Daddy, Daddy, we lost one today. <laughs> we just, he, he, I mean, first of all, he's probably all mangled up anyway, right? Why do I, why would I try? But here's what, here's what I want you to notice. David did not think the way Saul thought he would think when he saw him. He had in his mind that this young man thinks in terms that are far from a warrior. He, he could not imagine until David told him the story. When he told him the story, he learned something. You can see Saul stepping back a little bit going, you did what? You, you, you chased the lion. He said, yeah, and then he says, and the lion reared up at me, and I smote him. <laughs> now, here's what you say when that's your family member. Crazy. But see, notice there's a part of him that he's exposing now, and it shows he's comfortable with his story. He's not worried that, he's not worried that Saul will think he's, you know, whatever, crazy or unbalanced. He says, no, no, let me tell you what I did. I think people need to know the truth, especially when, when you're developing relationships. There's something profound. I'm not saying tell all your story and, and don't get this wrong because some of you tell too much of everything. But, but there's this transparent moment where he tells his story and all of a sudden now you have Saul listening to the story and he says, go for it. So he sends him out there. And he does something that really tries to change everything. Now, so far, Saul has gotten David wrong. When he gets David right, here's what he does. You ready? Tries to change him. So, so I want you to see how that can happen. Starts out being transparent, tells him the story. Saul listens, changes his mind, or at least says, go for it. And he says, let me put my armor on you. This is what I fight in. And he dresses him in his armor. And I want you, if you're taking notes, this is in 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 31 through 40. I'm just summarizing, okay? 1 Samuel 17, 31 through 40. Verse 38 says, of 1 Samuel 17, so Saul clothed David with his armor. And, he, and, he, and so he puts his helmet on him. He puts all this stuff on him. And David tries to do it. Now, I want you to notice this. This is often what happens in relationships. People learn you and then try to get you to conform. And, and, and there's nothing wrong with growing and learning and changing. You heard that? Come on. Say growing. Come on, say it again. Come on. Growing. Because I don't like when people say, well, that's just me. Yeah, stop that. I'm not, I'm not saying don't grow, don't learn, don't change. Here's what I'm saying. This was, a, this was, a, this was a, a changing of his personality. This was something he couldn't do. He said, he said this. He said, I can't wear this because I haven't tested it. 
It doesn't work for me. This is not me. Now, this is where you, you find out that David was comfortable because he says it. He, he opens up and says, hey, you know, Saul, look, this, this is not going to work. What in your life are you trying to change and it's just not working? It's just, it's just not working for you. I've seen a lot of single people, because they want relationship so badly, they'll put on armor that really doesn't fit them. But, you know, you're so lonely, you hang out with friends that really don't fit your values. It just, it's just not you. It's just not you. And I think it's hard sometimes to admit who you are. I, I think there's a, there's, a, there's a certain kind of person I enjoy laughing with. There's a certain way I am. And I think what I love about David's moment, and this is what made me want to talk about this living in your skin thing, is David just says, this, that's not me. I'm not comfortable. I'm not comfortable with this. It's not going to work for me. And I'm clear that I'll never accomplish my purpose wearing this. If I'm supposed to go fight Goliath, I'll never win wearing this. Can you say that with me, please? Come on. I will never win wearing this. Say it again. Come on. I will never win wearing this anger. Memory. Habit. I'll never win. I'll always eventually be stopped. And I love the fact that he's so, at 17, he's so in touch with who he is, he just says, hey, I, I, I can't do this. I, I can't do this. I, I can't, I can't do this. And here's how you can tell you can't. You can't move. You can't go where you need to go. You can't do what you need to do. I love this friend of mine. He came by the house once and he told me, he says, I, I do well until she comes in town. I love Jesus and God and the Bible and everything until she shows up. He, he, and he told me, he named her. He, I, ne- I don't know her name to the day. He used to just call her Egypt. He said, when Egypt comes, she's so fine, I can't see. And he meant that. It was a powerful illustration of how if you're honest with yourself and you look at your results, I am not moving forward. I can't fight off the things that I want to fight off. And here's the big surprise for me. There are things sometimes in my life that I didn't know I was wearing that I shouldn't wear. There, there, were, there was whole the blind spots, complete blind spots. Couldn't see things, couldn't, you know, I mean, David put the helmet on, can't see left, can't see right. I mean, this, this is a bad idea. But it's, it's the idea from a sincere person. So he's trying. I see women who stay home, try to keep the kids. You, you, you just as mean. You need a job. You just mean. You, need, you, you don't need to sit around and try to wait on. You know what I'm saying? You just, you just, you're trying to fit into something that is not you. You're trying to wear armor that doesn't work. I'll give you something simple that I didn't know. This is really it's a simple thing. I've discovered that I need to always have a lunchbox. So whenever I come to work now, I always bring a lunchbox, a snack box. I almost always 
have one. If I travel on the road, I always, whenever we have two of them, my personal one and then the dad, dad and I share one. What's in it? Grapes, fruit, bread. I love raisin bread. Bread. Um, used to be a lot of peanuts. Now I stopped eating all that peanut, but I used to love peanuts and nuts. And, and oh, man, I'd have all kinds of stuff in there. And, and, and you know what I've learned? If I, if I do that, I like blackberries now. You know, if I, if I had expensive, but I like them. And I've learned I'm happier when I drive long distances when I have blackberries. I'm nicer. That's me. If you take the fruit, if you take the, if you, if you, if I'm in the office, I'm just happy. I'm crunching, I'm crunching on the apples. I'm always walking around eating something. Sometimes if I feel spirit, I offer to them. And sometimes I feed the whole staff. I have stuff. I go buy bags of fruit and stuff, give it away. I just, you see, you love to eat. No, I discovered that I'm, my body is dehydrating. I, so I carry water. I, I found out that I'm dying. Something's wrong. Now, somebody else can go all day, but I think something's wrong with you. You don't know it yet. All I got to do is put a little food by you. will be munching all day, and you'll feel better. I found out if I sleep, if I get a good night's sleep, I'm a better person. That's my armor. That's my armor. I found out that if I watch, and I'm going to say this next one, too much TV, and it starts telling me, like during this season, you getting, are you getting overdosed yet? Every day. Let's see what he said today. Let's check it out. There's always something on your mind. I can't watch all of that and, and stay clear in my spirit. I'll get overwhelmed emotionally. Sometimes I can't even watch an action movie. I like action movies, but sometimes I, I just can't watch them kill five people or 20 people. I just can't. Some days I like it, you know, but, but some days I can't. The point is getting to know yourself. David is 17 knew himself. Do you know yourself? He looked at this man and he said, I can't do this. Say that with me, please. Come on. No, come on, say that. Come on. I can't do this. I can't. I, I, I can't move forward. So, so he then tells Saul, he says, tell you what I want, to do. I want to do. Let me show you what works for me that's been tested. Now think about this for a minute. What in your life has worked? Not what hasn't worked. We spend so much time talking about what hasn't worked. What in your life has worked? For me, the Word of God. If, I, if I'm ever grieved or struggling, I to open up the book. It is, a, it is a safety place. I read Psalm 91 today. It's a great text. Just amazing. Amazing. I found that if I listen to certain kinds of speakers, that, that they inspire me. I've learned that reading, I've only, audio, audio, audio books are a new thing for me, audible books. I don't like to read everything. But I've learned you don't have to read everything. You don't have to mark everything up. Dude. Just listen to it. I did something today that was different. I just listened to 1 Samuel 17. And 18. I just, I have it on my phone. I just listen to it. You know, it's just the Bible. Is it called the Bible app? Is that what it's called? It's um, the Holy Bible. If you, you download the app, it's Holy Bible. You can just, it's the, you just download it and pull the verse in. And it has a play option. And you play it. It's, 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 it's a brown looking Bible that's open. Like, it's, it's amazing. Nice app. And I just thought, man, I could just. I found, I found, I didn't know this, I found out that I just like listening to the Word. Just, just listening to it. Don't, don't write anything, because I always want to write something, make a sermon out of it. No, 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 just listen to it. 
I find myself, you know, with these small things, it just makes this incredible difference. And guess what? I discovered that's me. David at 17 knew exactly what it was. I need some stones. And, and, and the scripture describes what he gets. It's, it's amazing. He said, David, uh, verse 40 of, of chapter 17 of 1 Samuel, David took this, his staff, took all the armor off, all the stuff that wasn't him. He took it off, and he took the staff in his hand. He chose for himself five smooth stones, five stones from the brook, and put them in a shepherd's bag in a pouch, which he had. And you have to understand, he's a full-time shepherd. Once he puts on his shepherd gear, he's ready for action. Because now he's in his own skin. And then <clears throat> he put a sling on his hand, and he, he said, let's, 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 get, let's get down. Let's get with it. Now he's ready to fight. You will always fight better in your own skin. You know why some churches can't grow? People can't come in their own skin. Some shout, some dance, some don't dance. But you have to find a middle ground someplace. You have to find a ground where everybody here can operate in a way that doesn't rob them of who they are. And there's something really profound about this moment because when he comes to this moment, he attacks Goliath, he wins, and it's all done, and he has this great victory in the end. I come up with certain lessons I want you to write down. Here you go, some lessons, okay? Number one. The first lesson is this, and I'm going to give you these notes later. We'll put them up on the Internet. You can go to the church website. It'll be up... Um, tomorrow, right? No? When it, okay, yeah. Well, the notes, well, no, it'll be next week. I'm sorry. Because <laughs> I'm not, it'll be Tuesday. Cause let me like, give the staff a break. Everybody say amen. Okay, Tuesday, Tuesday. I'll give you the notes and we'll work it out. Number one, I've learned this. That people have opinions about you based on what they see. That's the first lesson. And, and you have to accept that. I love this verse. It, it's 1 Samuel 16, 7. This is an important verse. You know what it says? God judges by the heart, but men judge by appearance. That's why you need to care about how you look. You can say, it don't matter to me. God, just, God knows my heart. Your heart may look one way, but if you look crazy, people are going to think you're crazy. <laughs> so you have to understand that that's a principle. And so I, I love, I, I love the, the fact that despite the fact that he, he had all this history, some people just couldn't see it. And you have to understand that. Some people's opinion of you is based on what they see. Number two, some people will judge you without any up-close, any up-close, um, any, any uh, up-close look in details. They won't, they will not, um, it's all from afar. I, I get that all the time. People think they know me. And, you know, I mean, it's, you know, you, I, that's part of being public. You just live with that. But even in your life, some people will judge you without any up-close look, and they won't ask for any details. Saul didn't ask him. He just assumed he couldn't. So accept that, and don't get offended. Number three, some people have already decided what you can and can't do. So some people have already decided. Some people will judge you without, without any up-close details, and some people have already, already established an opinion about you. But you really, listen to me, can't be offended by that because you do the same thing. 
You just have to understand that's how it works. People judge by appearance. You just have to say that's the rule. So now, what can I do to work with that? David was so comfortable in his own skin, he didn't let that detract him. That didn't affect him. That didn't affect his fight with Goliath. He could have stormed out and said, well, you don't believe in me. I'm not, I'm not going to help you. And it's that way. No, that, no. At 17, he's so comfortable in his own skin, he understands people will judge me by what they see. And that's part of the process. Don't get angry about it. Don't get frustrated about it. Somebody looks at you and says, hey, you know, you know this is how you know, all black people are. Well, okay, well, gee whiz. Look at you, all white people, all Hispanic people, all Asian people, all Iranian people, all Afghanistan, all Afghanistanians. I mean, all, you, you, all Afghans, I'm sorry. You, 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 you judge by the news, but you don't know those people. So you have to understand that's part of human nature. And I think when, when Samuel the prophet said that, when he went, to, he went to David's house, you know, to look for the new king, and his brothers lined up. And, and David, when, when Samuel came into David's house, his father's name was Jesse, and um, the Lord sent him to the house to find the new king. He told him, I'm going to, whoever I anoint is going to be the next king. And the first one that comes out is David's older brother, the one who criticizes David for being there with, with, with Goliath. He's the guy who says, what are you doing here? And where are your few, those little sheep, those few sheep you, you oversee? He was, he was a condescending guy. But when, when, he was, when, when Samuel first saw him, he said, surely this is God's anointed. Surely. And, and then the Lord said, men judge by appearance. He said this to Samuel. But God judges by the heart. This guy was not qualified to lead. He wouldn't go take on Goliath. But his young brother, who didn't look like he would. But what's interesting is, even when his older brother confronted David and said, what are you doing here? David said, what have I done now? And then he turned. It's amazing. You got to read chapter 17. He turned to ignore him. David says, ah, read the hand. Basically, I mean, he, he's so comfortable in his own skin, he doesn't even continue talking to him. He understands that David gets it. You need to get it. It's okay that they don't get you. It's okay that they don't understand you. Don't, don't get, lose your job and these people on this job don't get me. They're not supposed to get you. And sometimes what I try to do is figure out what am I doing that maybe contributes to that. Sometimes nothing. In David's case, nothing. They just couldn't believe that that guy would chase a lion. He didn't look like a lion chaser. You, you, you follow what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, the amazing thing, as I close, is three great responses from David. First thing is he's respectful. <laughs> he didn't talk back to Saul. He just told a story. You can, you can live in your own skin, deal with people who don't get you, and still be respectful. This is what happens in relationships when you do finally get into a relationship. You're so harsh and tart and strong or dismissive. David was none of that. He is so comfortable in his own skin, he didn't have to do any of that. I don't, have to, I don't have to yell at you. I don't have to be mean to you. I don't have to call you names. I don't have to insult you. I don't have to say, no, it wouldn't have been smart anyway because he's a king. But, but you get the point. He was a man who understood. There's something about the tone of your life. He's respectful, number two. 
He said, let me give you information. Let me help you see a bigger picture. Let me, let me show you me. Let, me. let me give you another, um, another set of data that might help you. <clears throat> when I married Diane, she fooled me. <clears throat> oh, yeah. I mean, she was fine. And smart. No, 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 no. I mean, like, <clears throat> she's real. She, she's um. I had no idea how amazing she was up close. I mean, I, I mean, you have to understand. Men in particular really get you wrong. And I, I, want, I, want to, I want to tell you how, <clears throat> how we get you wrong. <clears throat> if you're sexy and you really turn the sexy on and we sleep with you, we don't see you. Not you. Later on we see you. Maybe. But we don't see you. I found with women, if you step in their life, and you start being sugar daddy, and you start paying for everything, and you start doing everything for them, they don't see you. They see security. Because these same people down the road don't make it. What happened? I'll tell you what happens. You don't You don't get to see who you are. They don't get to see who they are. And it just gets to be this amazing thing. With Diane, and she's not a perfect person, neither am I. And I'm not trying to make it sound like that, but I'm amazed at what she can do. Let me give you a clue. <laughs> we play a game. You teach her a game. She, she beat me at it. I thought, dog. So I stopped playing games with her because, man, she was <laughs> whipping me in the game. What in the world? And then she looking like, hey, you hand me. You tricking me or something. It's a, it's a. When um, I'm, I'm not a, I'm not a, uh, and I hate to admit this, but it's true. I'm not a put together. I can put things together, but I'm not, that's not my, not my skill. Like, like a table or stuff like that, a chair or thing, put stuff together without, without reading the directions. It just makes you mad if you're a man, you know? <laughs> so Ricky has a bike, right? Tricycle. First tricycle. Christmas time. So I put it together. He gets on the bike. Can't move. <laughs> <laughs> he pedaling real hard. <laughs> I said, come on, boy. Muscle up there. Muscle up there. Had the wheel on wrong. <laughs> Diane looks at him. Bad, 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 fixes it. Makes you mad. What's wrong with her showing me up like that? There's a lot of things. I can name a number of things. She, she's just, uh, she's like an accountant person in her brain. She thinks like an accountant. She's very, and so what I'm trying to say is, the more I was around her, the more information I got, I realized, okay. I mean, it's, so, so, you know, I, I realized sometimes, 
we don't have enough information about people. That's why I, a friend of mine said something to me that was really powerful. It was, it was one of the best statements. Uh, and if I said his name, you'd know him, but I'm not going to say his name. But he said this to me. He said, he said, he said, Temple, you don't have enough information about me to make those conclusions. I said, fair enough. Fair enough. And it's and, and so important to, to get that. It's okay that people don't have enough information. Give them enough information. And make sure they get it. Help them get it. If you're going to date somebody, help them get the right information. And, and, and make sure they, they, you really get it. Make sure that they're, they're really clear. When, when, when I try to do it with people that work for me, is I try to get to know them. I pull them all aside. How you doing? Yeah, all that I can. How are you doing? What's up? What's it like? There's something about getting to know people. Um, as a sidebar note, one of the things I didn't like about LA, one of the things I didn't like, when I got there, we had 150 staff people when I was in LA for I mean, I, I couldn't get to know all those people. I was trying. But it was like, gee whiz, it's a whole bunch of you guys. I told Diane, well, just go meet, meet them for me. Didn't I tell you? I said, go meet them. I said, her and Christina around with the, <laughs> the pastor said hi. There's too many people. And, and I learned that, it, 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 you know, it's without the right information, it becomes, you get, you get a lot of wrong impressions. And, and, you, and you, you, you draw wrong conclusions and you make bad decisions. David's goal was to say, Saul, let me show you respect. Let me give you enough information. And the last thing he does is this. He, he, he took off what didn't belong to him. He, he was respectful, but he took it off. Now, I want to encourage you to do something. From this teaching, I want you to step back. And I want you, I want you to say to yourself, what, what are the things that I put on that I shouldn't put on? And I'm going to close with these final thoughts, and, and this will kind of help you. And these are what I call things that, if you took David's story, I just told you, and applied it to a single, per, a single person's life, here's what I call five closing thoughts about a single person's life, and then you can ask me some questions. First of all, I hope you leave here saying that I need to be comfortable with my skin. If you can walk out of here and say, I'm, I, I must learn how to be comfortable with who I am. Now, here's, here's, here's a list of things. Ready? Your looks. Come on, say my looks. You just have to like yourself. But there are flaws. There will always be. And if you don't have them now, they'll come in as you age. <laughs> if you think you're perfect now, don't worry, it'll change. <laughs> Stuff will start moving all kind of ways and... Your income. Come on, say your income. My income. So now I don't like my income. Now I understand, but, but listen to me. You, you've got to love what you now have. My, my biggest mistake is not learning how to embrace my self, my looks. I mean, when I first saw myself on television, I was, oh, God. Oh, Jesus, is that me? When I first heard my voice, you know, you got to be kidding. That's how I sound. I mean, you know, and, and, and you know, I see myself every week. I make myself look at my sermon on purpose. 
you know, how does that look? What are you wearing? What's that about? You know, you just, you know, just, you know, I go through this, this thing in my head, you know, where I got it. But I've, I've, here's what I've done, though. I've learned me. I've learned myself. Some of you will not take pictures. You should. You know why? You need to see what other people see. You say, I don't want to see it. You need to see it. It'll help you. You know, if you look at yourself and see, I should have combed my hair that day. I should have combed my hair. I went. I was in a hotel one time. It's true. I was downstairs greeting everybody, just fellowshipping, just talking to everybody. Just, hey, God bless you. Fellowship. I was teaching. What was, what was some? I was was a conference. What did I? I was speaking. And what 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 was I at? Shreveport, Louisiana. You remember where I was? Was I speaking? What was I doing in Shreveport? But was I speaking in Shreveport? After I'd spoken. Okay. After I'd spoken, there's a bunch of people. There's a bunch of people in the lobby, and I was speaking to everybody. And and Diane comes down. And she kind of leans over to him and says, you, you didn't comb your hair. <laughs> After I've been down there about 30 minutes, just walking around smiling at everybody, this little wild. That means it didn't comb my hair. I don't know what's wrong with me. It didn't comb my hair. I just looked at her like, come tell me that after I've greeted everybody. <laughs> it was embarrassing. She laughed like she did just now. It was hilarious. Just shame yourself. But that's, I need to know how I look. It, it motivates me. I need to see my income. I need to look at myself. I need to see this is what I've created. This is the harvest I've sown. If I don't like it, I need to change it. I have a series coming, Prospering for, you ready? Say prospering, prospering. For, for a powerful, a powerful purpose. purpose. If you don't like your income, you don't like where you are, let's aim your resources toward a powerful purpose and change that. Let's not just accept what we are, but for, but, 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 at, listen, to me, no matter where you are, today is what you make. This is what I have today. I don't have any more money today. This is what I have today. So I have to learn to be comfortable in that. So comfortable in my skin, I hope you leave with that. Comfortable with this whole idea of who you are. Comfortable with... Um, Number one, with where you are in this season of your life, your looks, your income, your world, your family, your what this you got. David was comfortable with where he was. Number two, you need to be clear about your Goliath. Who is your enemy? David had a clear picture. This is who I'm fighting. I'm not fighting everybody. I'm fighting this guy. So narrow down who you're fighting. Narrow down where you should be fighting. Don't fight every battle, every, you know, some of you, you're in too many battles. You're not only fighting Goliath, you're fighting this guy and that guy. You got too much going on. Don't fight all these battles. That's one of the things I don't like about sometimes the news. It's like it tells me every day, here's what you ought to be scared of. Here's what you ought to fight. I need to decide who I fight. Can you say that with me, please? Come on. I need to decide. Come on, say, I need to decide who I fight. Don't let everybody tell you who to fight. Get comfortable in your skin and say, this is, that's not my fight. A lady came to me just the other day, and, I was in, and she said to me, it was in a conference in Atlanta, she said, she says, um, I want to talk to you about, uh, and I kind of, we had a lunch break, and I sat around the table, and she started telling me about 
how she was, you know, telling people God's, you know, word, and sometimes they don't like it, and she kind of lets them have it, and God, and I said, wait a minute, wait a minute, you can't fight every fight. You can't fight every fight. You, you, I don't own your fight. You're not my Goliath. This is my Goliath. And so whatever you do with that is up to you. Now, that can sound like I don't care, but how do you think I pastor so many people? I give you some advice. And once I give it to you, I do care. Man, I, I love people. I really care. But I cannot carry that stuff home with me. At some point, you got to say, that's not my fight. So comfortable with your, your season of life, your looks, your income, your world. You need to be clear about your Goliath, who is your enemy, number three. You need to manage your tough seasons with a good attitude. When it gets bad, when, it, when it's challenging, when you're being personally challenged, you're not qualified to go out there and fight that Goliath. You don't, you, look, look, you are a young person and he's an old person. You're not qualified. See, now, here's that moment where if you're not careful, you get testy. You know what I'm saying? You don't have to do that. I love David's calmness. He said, well, let me give you some information. Let me give you some information. Let me, let me, and, and let me just propose a, a new thought. I love his approach. To me, that's so helpful. And then number four, you, you need to give people, and I just said it, give people enough information. Talk about it. Tell your future person you're dating the truth. Um, I think, for example, here's a good one. If, if you're comfortable in your skin and they want to come over, you should say, you cannot come over here because we'll have sex if you do. You should tell them. And so I don't want you to come over. You say, no, I really want to come over now. I'm, I'm be glad. <laughs> you got to say no. You got to tell the truth. You got to be honest with yourself. You got to say no, no, I don't want you to give me money because if I give you give me money, then what's going to happen is I'm going to become dependent upon this. I'd rather just live on what I have, you know, and keep my car. I don't want you to buy me a car because I'll become emotionally dependent upon that. I have a history. I don't want to do that. That's being comfortable in your own skin and drawing lines for people so they get to know you and you get to know them. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't know if I like that every time we go out, you pay because I feel like I'm owing you something when you pay for every meal when we go out every single time. So every weekend, you got to go spend $60 on me for a special meal. I'm not your wife. I'm not your husband. I don't think you should feel, I don't want to create this kind of dependence in our relationship. Some of you said, help Jesus. See, Make it, well, I'm sorry. I don't think it's fair. I don't think it's fair to make the guy do that. I don't. I think that's cultural, but that's not fair. And what you do is create, see, one, one thing I, I think is so sad is if you're not careful and comfortable in your own skin and who you are as a person, if you don't, if you don't open up your heart and consider that maybe this person assume, you're making this person assume something that's not true long term. That's my point. It's not going to be true for 20 years. If you, if, you, if you help the person understand the truth, you have a much better, better ability to build friendships because coming to me every, every month on the 15th or the 20th and asking for loans because you're short that month, we're not going to have a long friendship. So I might as well tell you, on the first one, now listen now, you know, the 20th, you know, or the 28th, you know. So you need to hold on to your money a little better before the 28th because that's how I am. So lovingly said, I love the fact that 
when you're honest and you give people information nicely, it works better. And then lastly, you need to fight with your own slingshot. Uh, for me, um, there's a way I do things. And Diane Laskers is what I call my own. My, my slingshot is um, I have my, my, what I call my success routines. So I have a list of things that I must do in order for me to be okay. For David to be okay, he had to have smooth stones. He had to have slingshot. He had to have on the shepherd's clothes. That made, him, that, made, that made his fight better. What do you need for your fight? Some of you say, I need church. I need church. I need, I need to go to church. So if you're dating somebody or you're hanging out with somebody that doesn't go, you might need to say, hey, that's, that's not how I roll. I, I need to go to church. I need the word. I need a Bible study. What do you need? What makes your fight work better? If you can, if you can nail that down, you're going to make better choices. You're going to fight longer and do better. So I'm done for now. I want to pause for a second. What I want you to do is stand up, turn to each other, and say, hey, what did you get out of that? What are the high parts for you? Okay. Hello? Okay. There you go. <laughs> I think the most important part was when you said about the way, the way you look. I have I have girls, um, all girls in the in the home, and they look at TV and look at Hollywood. And I said, mm, Hollywood is Hollywood, but you have to be comfortable with you, the way the way you look. And I always I always taught them, if you're beautiful on the inside, it'll come out on the outside. But a lot of them look like you without the makeup. <laughs> yeah. You, you know yeah. what I'm saying? They look yeah. normal, like you, like you right. look. You know, we right. Like us mm -hmm. in here, we're not made up. Mm -hmm. You know, I, they really make you up to be on TV. Now, I don't know if you know that. When I was on TV, you know, I wore makeup all the time. I wore makeup. Matter of fact, I used to keep it in my office, and I used to, I used to, try, I used to always keep it in my bag. It helped me out a little bit, you know. Uh, and when you're on national television, they really make us up. I mean, makeup artists, and they takes about, you just have to go, you want to be on a TV show, <clears throat> you know, national television show, you have to go 30 minutes to an hour early, and they do all kinds of stuff to you, yeah. So, you know, I mean, they, those, those are made-up people. They're not like you. When you see them in the street, you go, hey, is that you? For real. You know? <laughs> yeah. Kid, yeah, so, I'm sorry. This is a thought. Somebody else. Yes. Hello. So, I like what you mentioned about um, having a positive attitude whenever you're going through the tough times. In our Bible study last week, we just covered David, and um, he basically said, uh, you know, while you're waiting, that's God. He's, pro he's actually testing you. He's testing your faith. And your weight is not about yourself. You need to make it about God. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Amen. Somebody else, what, what did you think? What, what was the high point for you? Any questions about what I said? Any, any pushback? Any, what do you mean by this? What do you mean by that? Talk about it. Go for it. You need to be first because you, you told the whole table. So come on. What was it I said that was about paying for the meal? Is that the part? I just said you've been married too long. Yeah. But I, I felt that way even when I was single. I really did. I think, I think marriage, because I'm married this long, and I just, I, I, see, I deal with a lot of single people, and I see that, you know, you're very, you know, most women... <coughs> Um, I think have a a real desire to find somebody that loves them and cares. I'm just saying 
It helps him. It helps him. I used to I used to think I had to drive all the time. We went on trips and I would just try to man up. Man, not now. I let Diane help me. I'll let her drive, you know, the first hour or two. It's it's like salvation. I don't mind driving now because she'll jump in and and we take long trips. <coughs> Excuse me. And uh, they all chipped in. Christina would drive a couple hours, and everybody, it was amazing. Going to Miami is a whole lot better. (laughs) And so I just think that sharing, I think letting the guy share and feel that you share in that. It's like you do with any other friend. I think that's just important. After you get to know him a little while, then that would be okay. So he should pay before you get to know him, though. Huh. Oh, most definitely, because your time is not free. Really? His time His time is what? His time is worth what? Let's have a little conversation here. His well, time is worth what? I don't know what his time is worth. But, that's, the whole, that's the whole point of dating. But he should pay for how long? Well, there's no, um, you know, amount of time or anything like okay. that. But since I have been dating a lot lately... I have found out that if you upfront let a man know that you're willing to do something, most of the time they just stop. Really? They just stop. Well, I, I think I think you have to communicate. I just think you have to say, hey, you know, um, I, I just, you know, my view is you share. You share. You can pick. You can pick when you do that. I'm just. I'm exactly. just saying. Exactly. I'm just saying that I believe from a, from from my perspective. A guy who won't stop. I'm not like that. And I don't know that a lot of the, every guy in here is like that. I think there there are there's a value in in letting him know who you are up front. That's my only point I'm making, so that he understands that you're not the kind of person who is not willing to share. I think that's important, and and that's who you really are. He'll get to know the, what we see in the day. He gonna get to know all that. Over time, you understand? <laughs> so I'm just saying, get a brother a hint. That's all. Thank you, sister. Okay? <laughs> Thank you much. Give him a hint. Yes, over here. Thank you. Good conversation. Appreciate that. Yeah, I was actually going to ask that same question. But in our group, um, I think collectively we got some really good advice. And so um, just like you said, the whole communicating part, mm-hmm. and it's okay to do that. I think especially, you know, the older we get, it's like no representative is necessary. Just be who you are. Um My other question, though, was as far as transparency, whenever you are getting to know someone, how soon is too soon to talk about things that will affect you all together, like finances and stuff like that? I think you should just be friends. I think you should be friends with people. I I think if we're friends and, you know, Donna used to just talk about stuff, you know, just you just talk about stuff and it just shows up. I mean, their view about money, you watch how they spend, you like, you know, they Oh, I don't have my rent this month. Oh, really? Okay. You know. Oh, I don't have my rent this month either. Okay. You know, you start seeing patterns. The problem with a lot of people is they don't wait long enough. They they jump in so fast and and they're so eager, and and it's all in, in this culture. It's really amazing. You you end up. I was talking to somebody the other day. <clears throat> other day, two days into the relationship, you're sleeping together. Two days. If not the very day, and then within a month or two, you're living together. And then you're sharing resources, and then you're picking up kids, and then you're now the surrogate father or mother. 
you know, you're babysitting. It's like this, you become this member of the family like this, and there's just no, <clears throat> there's no, there's no space. And I, I just don't think it's wise. I think what you do is you step into a role you're not really uh, authorized to be in. Not by God, for sure. I, I mean, I'm not your husband. I'm just the guy you met like last month. And now I'm all of a sudden this guy ruling your kids and telling you, controlling your world. It's, it's too much. And so um, I, I think you just need to slow down a little bit and give yourself time. Because if, you, <clears throat> if you're around a person, you interact with them enough, you'll, you'll see stuff. Yeah. Over here. But if yeah, you're so. saying be transparent, then you're already telling them Everything. Don't, no, I don't think you tell them everything. I think you just don't intentionally hide stuff. You just don't, you don't fake. You know, David was honest about where he, where, where he was, and he was comfortable in his own skin. I, I'm, I'm not saying, I don't think you should just start blurbing out first. People do it on the first date, though. Mm -hmm. They start telling about, well, I was divorced three times, and I was this, and he, my first lover was my second lover, and my third time. He, <laughs> I mean, the person knows everything about you. I think that you know, slow down a little bit. Just give it time and, and, and but don't, don't, uh, you got to be careful. There's a balance between, well, I'm going to let you know how I am. And, you know, who wants that? I mean, you, you want to be respectful, wise, careful. Understand what this is. This is a building process. I don't even know you yet. I shouldn't be in love with you because you have, uh, you handsome or because you're cute. Because that's not who I'm marrying. That's not who I'm going to be with. Yeah, I, I, need to, I need to live around you. Like you do friends. I, just be friends. And, and I think we've lost that capacity. I even think this idea, <clears throat> nowadays, first of all, let's say this. The American, I'll promise the American concept of love has not worked well. Very few people tell you they started in love and stayed in love for a long period of time. If you make it past three, four, five years, you did really good. 10, 15 years, you get the 10-year itch. There are various markers and seasons of life when the kids are at a certain age and, and you start losing your parents and now you feel different about the world and all those things that start changing around you and your children grow up and your body changes and all of that affects how you see yourself and how the world feels around you and how you feel in your skin. And in, when you introduce somebody into your life, and you do it at a pace that's, first of all, it excludes God. It's, it's built on insecurity and need. It, it's, it's not even genuine. I mean, it, it, it looks good on paper maybe or sounds good when you describe it to people. But when you start getting really up close, that's when you see that maybe I should have slowed down a little bit. I'm sorry. This is something different. But sure. I haven't dated in a while. But when I used to, the guy would say, well, what do you like in a man? And then you're telling this man what you like, and he's being that type of person for a while. How do you handle that? Um, you know, if you ask what do you, what do you like in a man, and you, you tell him the best you can, you know, you tell him the best you can, but don't give like a full-page, you know, summary. Give like a summary, you know, like a nice guy, like a guy who, you know, like a person who believes, like I believe, you know, maybe you might talk about 
I wouldn't, I wouldn't give a list. I would kind of, your goal is to see if he is the kind of guy. Excuse me, not if he can pretend to be. That's what you're saying, right? Yeah, so, you know, just be yourself. Be yourself. Don't, don't stay in your skin. Be who you are. Be around them and, and, and measure it. Is this, I started here and now I'm here. Did it go down or up? Did they help me or hurt me? Did they, do, it, do they advance my life or do they hinder my life? Uh, and it's hard sometimes to, to do that. Christians have this thing about judging people. They think you can't judge. They think, you know, be judged, not that you be not judged. That means don't judge unfairly. But you need to, you need to pay attention to who you're dealing with uh, and, and, and be open to a process of time. There's nothing like time that helps you see. So just go for it. But don't be in a rush. Yes. Good evening. Good evening. What about when you, if you first meet someone, let's say you're out shopping and this guy walks up to you and says, hello, how you doing? And then you speak and then they start telling you all about their personal life. Like, I'm div- like you know, I'm divorced and, you know, I'm not living with my wife. And they start telling you how much money they make and the job that they make. How should you take that? <laughs> Just like I'm looking at you right now. I, said, hey, man, <laughs> I, I thought so. <laughs> and people, you know, they men do that. And females do it too, but <clears throat> men also do it. You know, I, I let me tell you what I, 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 I don't think it's wrong to approach somebody that if you're single that you're attracted to. I don't think that's wrong. But I think it's dangerous to do it a certain do it the wrong way. And I, and, and again. What is the evidence that he has? You could be the slasher. What, what, why, you know what I'm saying? I mean, I'm not trying to say you are. I know you're not a slasher, but you understand what I'm saying. That, that uh, there's something wrong in my thinking when I walk up to you, a person I have never seen, and I start telling you, I've got, you know, this, I live there, I drive, here's the, here's the code to my house, you know, in my security code. I mean, what's, what, I'm, I, I'm, I'm looking at you thinking, how do you think? And are you going to tell my business like this? You, you, you know what I'm saying? Is that, is that what it's going to be? You know, I had a friend, another friend who's um, he's a famous singer guy. He, he, he saw this girl, and he, he turned his car around, just saw her, end up marrying her. Yeah. I, is that wrong? Yeah. I, I, I don't. I don't. I have to ask him. You know, was that a smart move? But I, I, they're divorced now. But I think. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I just some some of these beginnings are are not thought through enough. It's not genuine. I, I like the fact that even though we were long distance, we dated about a year and a half or something. It's like time really helps you talking, conversation, and lo- looking at how they manage their life. That's important. And be a friend. Friend. Say the word. Come on, say friend. I didn't say friends with benefits either, right? I said friend. Friend. Like, you you know, because how many of you know your brothers, your siblings? And when you see them with people, you think they don't know them. You you look at them and go, you faking. Boy, you don't know that girl. You better watch yourself, you know. Yeah, so hope that helps. Somebody else. Ask me a question or something. We got eight more minutes here, and we're gonna let you go. Or I'll just sit here and look at you. So, 
Good evening. Um, this is the problem I've been running into. Guys being intimidated by the fact that I have three college degrees. Like, and I don't, I don't yeah. announce that in the, you know, in the beginning. It's just that, you know, in conversation it comes out and then all of a sudden, oh, you know, let me back up. What's the deal with that? Well, you know, it, it's uncomfortable because the way they view it, it's not what they think. But, you know, my thing is, it's just a piece of paper. I mean, it, you know, yeah, and I understand, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful, don't get me wrong, but, I mean, that's not who I am. Yeah, it's it just a part of me, no, isn't it? No, it's who you are. No, <laughs> it's who you are, because it's who you, what you talk about, it's, and that's okay. Because that's, that's, you know, I'm a preacher, so I talk about preacher stuff. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's who I am. It's, and I find, you know, Christina was, uh, went to school when she was a kid. And when she was, I don't know what grade she was in, they, she went back and told them. She said, they said, what do you do for, what do you do for, um, for uh, vacation? She said, well, we went to Hawaii. Then we went to Chicago. Then we went to L.A. And then we went, she named like four or five places. And they didn't believe you. They thought she was lying. The teacher, all of them thought she was lying. Yeah, wow. right. But that's, she wasn't trying to break. She said, I did. <laughs> I went, to, I went I, my dad was preaching. We went all in places. We did. It was great, you know. And so I, I had to tell him. I had to I went to the school. I told him, so I'm, I'll, I'll come and tell him tomorrow. You really did. She, so, so when you talk about your world, everybody doesn't, doesn't process it the same. So what you have to do sometimes is not put in people's mind what they can't get out. That's what my mentor told me once. He said, don't put things in people's mind. You know, people ask you what you make. If they don't make close to what you make, don't tell them. It just scares them. It makes them uncomfortable. So I try not to do that. But don't, but see, no, I'll do this. No, it's okay. No, no, no. See, what you're doing is you have to embrace your skin. Your, your blessing, your life is different than their life. And, and that's a good lesson for you because the guy that's for you can deal with your life. He embraces it. He's comfortable. You know, and you can talk about your degrees and your ambitions and your goals. You want to do a business. You want to do this. You want to do that. I mean, can you imagine a guy dating Oprah Winfrey? What do you, what do you say? You know, <laughs> well, that's not a billion dollars here and a hundred million there and a four hundred million there. I mean, you know, you got to be, you know, you got to be like okay with yourself when you're making thirty thousand dollars. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, so let the person, person's response to you, believe, you know, be be a prophetic word to you. I heard a lady say something one time. It really blessed me. She said, believe people. Just believe people. They tell you they're going to kill you. Believe them. <laughs> I believe you. You're going to hurt me. I believe you. I, you know. don't, don't put yourself in a position where you're dealing with somebody who, who is not going to be comfortable with you in your skin. You, you, you know what I'm saying? There's just something about the way some people think. There's a way that Ricky Temple thinks. There's a certain, you know, way I deal with my life and challenges. And I, I can't be apologizing to you for that. I just can't apologize. I can't, I can't apologize. We as a church must go forward. That's just how I think. I don't want to be around here if we're not. That's just me. Nothing personal, I love everybody, but we got to move, move forward. I can't just sit around here and come preach every Wednesday and Sunday and all of you go, ooh, that's good. And then I go home and get another ooh, good sermon and every week is an ooh, good sermon. No, we have to do something in the world. You know what I mean? And, and so that's, that's my, my life and that's how I think. So, you know, I need somebody who can get that, get with that. And so get somebody who can get with that. 
Somebody else. Give, give me two more and I'm done for the day. Yes. I was going to say, my mother, when I was younger, told me, she says, Cynthia, there's many fish in the sea. And she said, there's trout, there's catfish, and there's snapper. She said, but you don't see the catfish mating with the trout. And you don't see the snapper mating with salmon. She said, but they're all fish. So what I'm saying to you is, is that you have to find and look for someone in the same caliber as yourself. And if you do that, you will be more happy with yourself. Let, let me add to that, though, Cynthia. Thank you. Let me add to that. There are times, though, when you look at what God did for us, and I'm not quite at his caliber, you know, there, there, are, there are times when you meet a person and, and, I, and I, you know, I get the value of what you're saying, and I, it, but let me just add to that analogy and say, <clears throat> I think some people you meet pull you up. They'll make you do things that you would never do. Um, I think Diane in some ways pulls me up. She's very, um, uh, I, I'm not making this up, I really like her a lot. And, and, and I, really, I really, really do. And, I, and she, she gave me a list the other day. We were riding in, in some place, and she gave me this long list of things that I brought into her life. And she said, I would never have done without you being in my life. So sometimes you can meet a king and be a maid. But in a lot of love stories that you've seen, you know, they have the guy meet the person and, and he brings, she brings something to him that he didn't have in the palace. So generally it doesn't work. Generally it's pretty, you know, but there's a value in, you, you, you know, don't make it so that a guy has to make what you make. And you know what I'm saying? Don't, don't make it like that. Don't make it, don't make that the prerequisite. But I do think you have to understand the differences. You know, if you marry a preacher, there are certain things that come with that that some people could not process. Does that make sense? So, hope that helps. One more? Anybody left out? Did you learn something today? Was it nice get together? I want to do something special. Um, I'll tell you about it another time with um, just the ladies. And uh, I, I, I really have some, some things I would just say with just ladies that I think it'd be a really nice conversation. And then I have some special things I want to say just to guys. So there'll be, you'll hear about a single guy, single ladies gathering that I'll propose at some point in the year. But I, I, I do, do thank you for coming out tonight. And I do pray that you've been helped. And I pray that you leave out of here and say, you know, be comfortable in my own skin. You know, be comfortable who I am. You know, and I'm going to fight in my own armor. I'm not going to try to be somebody else. And um, I'm going to love me today. How about that? Love yourself today. Amen? Praise God. Thank you.